This is the Ezra Podcast. We're talking about UFC in London this past weekend. Massive event, really a successful event, especially because the, all of really the big local hometown fighters all came away winning on the card. And we'll start off with the main event, as I usually do. We'll start off with Alexander Volkov versus Tom Aspinall. And in a fight that I thought Aspinall would win, I thought it'd be a little more challenging. I thought that he'd maybe be tested, actually have to go a few rounds in this one because Tom Aspinall, as we know, has never been past two rounds in a fight. And it's just kind of, since being in the UFC, it just looked dominant uh, to everyone that's been in the ring with him or in the cage with him. But Volkov is, you know, a higher level than anyone he's faced in the UFC. So I would imagine, right, and a guy that likes to, do, that likes to stand up as well, that he was going to get dog walked by Aspinall I thought that Aspinall would win I thought he would have to show a few different elements of his game I thought he would probably look to, you know would look to use a takedown in this fight and that that part was correct and he did use different elements of his game but it just all came in the first round and he really at no point did Alexander Vol- uh, Volkov look comfortable in the fight did he look in the fight did he look like he was even putting implementing anything that he wanted to for success in the fight. And it was just all Aspinall right from the beginning. And this was really just to me the level of performance that a guy that's gonna be elite in the sport, right? Uh, is gonna be a future world champion shows, right? When he gets to that level, he shows that he is beyond the guy that you think is gonna be his toughest test. He steps up and goes beyond what you ever thought. And he looked just as effective as he has against all the other guys. He looked just as effective against Volkov. Now, people are going to say he's Volkov watched, but Volkov has had some good performances before this, right? Like, you got to think of, you know, let's just run through. Let's run through what Volkov did. I have it right here in front of me. So, okay, he beat Tybura, uh, right? Who Tybura was, you know, kind of coming up. He loses the gun, but it's a full decision, right? He And he has, like, moments where he shows little glimpses in that fight. Destroys Overeem, destroys Harris. Like, this isn't, you can't say he's just washed all of a sudden. Okay, maybe from this point on, we can say that right from this point on, I'd be like, okay, is Volkov Wash going forward? But this part, this is, he's, he's either competitive or, you know, we're losing like the best guys, right? He's winning or he's losing to like the best guys. So we can't say like, oh, you know, he's washed all of a sudden. No, it doesn't work that way. Okay, and Aspinall is that level, right, of like the things he was doing, the switches, the leg kicks, the takedowns, his effectiveness on the ground, all those things, right, and how good he is with his hands and how fast he is and how athletic he is for the weight, he's a a legitimate threat, we have to say now, to the title, especially if Nagano's not there. Now, Nagano's there, right? First of all, I love to see that fight, Aspinall and Nagano. I think that's an amazing fight. I think Aspinall versus Gon is an amazing fight. I think there's nothing but... You know, some amazing fights at heavyweight. Even with, um, you know, like I said, Taito Vasa, I think, is a level below these guys. I don't have him at this level as an Aspinall, as a Gon, as a Naganu, right? But maybe an older Stipe is still there, right, with Aspinall. Um, there's still great fights. Now, Aspinall called out Taito Vasa after the fight, which is a fantastic fight. Don't get me wrong. But there, like I said, there's rumors that uh, Stipe and Tai are going to fight each other. I wouldn't be surprised that's an interim uh, belt. The rumors of John Jones still there. I don't. I it doesn't seem like. Uh, seems like that's just kind of the name that you just throw out there. But it doesn't seem like it's ever going to happen. It's just you know until it, really it's like one of the things where I'm at with that now. It's just like until it's actually going to happen, it's signed. And someone announces it. I'll talk about it. But at this point that we talked about too much, and nothing's come of it. But I think Aspinall is a legit threat to the title. Now if Nagano's there, I think that's a very interesting fight. If Nagano's not there, I would to me. 
and I'm going to say this, I, I think he's the favorite. Of all the guys, I would, he's my favorite. Because I would think that even though how good Gon has looked, I wouldn't be surprised of a decline from him going forward, right? Um, I think that he's a very good fighter. I don't know if he's at the level, right, of, I don't. I know he's not the level of, of uh, Nagano. Like, Nagano, to me, really showed, if, you know, as far as, like, just, like, going, like, depending on the takedowns, right? Just, like, going, I'm going to rely on the takedowns. Like, it didn't look like Gon was even close, like, to being at Nagano's level. And that was just Gon using takedowns. Like, it's not, not his best weapon. And now you're saying, like, oh, he used that weapon because his striking wasn't exact. I guess, right, but that it was so dominant with the takedowns, and that's not his best weapon, and it's not, it's something that's going to improve, like, Gon's going to get better with takedowns and all that, that if that was, like, so dominant with that, and that's going to get better in Gon's, in Nagano's game, I just really feel like, what is Gon, what chance does Gon have, right, because the stand-up, I still like some of the stuff that, I liked a lot of stuff that Gon was doing, um, Gon didn't, never looked like he was ever implementing anything that was really effective in that fight, to me, Aspinall, Everything that Gon has the advantage of, like, his speed, his quickness, his athleticism. Aspinall does all that, but he has power. And he could finish a fight, and he could do the takedown. So, it's just to me, I have Aspinall and Nagano, like, above everyone. And I know that's probably crazy to say for Aspinall at this point, but I do. And I, I, as soon as I saw him, I was like, this dude is special. There's something about this guy. This only, you know, validates it. Because I didn't even have him looking this uh, this dominant in this fight. So, this only, like, really validates what I was seeing. And I think that he's... To me, he's the favorite to win the title if Nagano leaves from the guys, the batch I see. As far as Volkov's career, I don't think he's done. I think that the UFC, you know, they don't like, they don't get rid of guys. They don't just like, oh, Andrew Olowski still fights in, in the heavyweight division. You can't tell me Volkov can't still fight. Now, as far as who he will fight in the heavyweight division, like going forward, I like to do like, you know, uh, usually I'll do like a, a picture for like, uh, you know, who, who's next, right? Who should fight next? Derek Lewis, to me, makes a lot of sense for Volkov if the rematch in that fight. Um, da, uh, Chris Dawkins, that makes a lot of sense. You know, there's, there, there's the, the heavyweight division has, uh, it's, it's going to be a lot of like new names coming up now, but Volkov's still a very interesting fighter in the UFC. He's very... Um, He's going to be very competitive with a lot of good guys. I just think that Aspinall is just a world championship level fighter. And I don't think Volkov's ever been a world championship level fighter in the UFC. I don't think he ever has been that. So I'm not, you know, he's not done. I think he's still be competitive with a lot of guys, still beat a lot of guys. He just ran into a complete buzzsaw and, a, you know, just the guy that's the next. He's the, he's the next big thing in the heavyweight division. I hope that they could somehow work out a deal with Nagano. I hope that Aspinall, um, Nagano could happen in the future. Um, I do think that like a guy like Aspinall, who's not, he is a pretty big guy. Like I think that kind of going to this fight, it was kind of like, assuming like Volkov was a big guy. And it's like, they're not really too far apart, but a guy a little bit smaller might entice John Jones, you know, a little bit more to come in and not have to face such a big guy. But either way, like I said, I don't want to talk about John Jones. I don't think he's going to the heavyweight division. I'm excited to see what Aspinall goes from here. I don't think it's tied to Avasa next. I love that fight for him. Um, I'm actually interested to see where they go with him. Uh, with next, I haven't really, I haven't really thought about it yet, or really looked at it. Agon is an excellent fight for him next. Honestly, you could really jump him up like that. You could throw him Derek Lewis, but it's like Derek Lewis is what fought Gon, Taito Vasa. 
Um, now he goes to he fights. Uh, and then he would fight um, Aspinall. It's like that's that's kind of a you know murderer's role there. It's kind of tough. I don't know if they want to do it. Derek Lewis. They, they like Derek Lewis. Also, Curtis Blades is you know who's fighting Chris Dock is like the winner of that can easily fight Aspinall. That'd make a lot of sense too. He's in an interesting spot because he's still like just entering the top ten rankings. Big win to get there, but he still has plenty of options above him where he doesn't have to you know sound like either the top two guys or the title shot. No, he's he could work his way up. Very excited about Aspinall. I'm, I'm telling you, I'm predicting that if Nagano leaves, Aspinall is a champion. If Nagano stays, that's an excellent fight. Let's go to the next fight. You had Arnold Allen versus Dan Hooker in a fight that I thought Arnold Allen would win in a similar way that I thought Aspinall would win, right? He'd come out with decision, uh, show all his tools throughout the fight, and uh, pull away from a, in a competitive fight. And it... it and this is another one where it's like, is Dan Hooker washed? Which he very much, you know, could be. Like I told you, there was warning signs when a guy's washed. Changes. He tries to change his whole game. Uh, sudden weight changes, right? Like dropping weight, going up in weight. Uh, and, you know, training at the beach is always another sign where I'm like, like this guy's probably shot. Dan Hooker drops down to 145. Goes to fight Arnold Allen. Like I said, Arnold Allen's been in the UFC a long time. Only fought once a uh, basically fights once a year. 2019 he fought twice. That was the most he's ever fought in a year. So it was a slow burn. Uh, comes comes in against Dan Hooker, which is a fight that, you know, when I looked at on tape, I was like, this could be pretty competitive, actually, just because of the styles, the way they match up. Uh, Arnold Allen, you know, didn't have a lot of stoppages in the UFC. Actually, I don't, I'm not even sure. Like, besides, like, submissions, I don't think he has any TKOs or knockouts. Before this fight, he had, no, he has all unanimous decisions or submissions or, you know, one a split decision before this fight, right? So I was thinking, like, uh, you know, Hooker might be able to linger. So he might be able to come forward and we might get some good exchanges here. But I think that because Arnold Allen is very defensively aware, he doesn't just uh, swing wild. I thought this fight was going to, you know, linger on, that he would be able to pull it out, but it'd be some good exchanges in there. It was not that he was landing. He was landing cleanly early, and it's because uh, Hooker's defense is so poor, uh, his footwork is so poor, and he's really just an off- uh, offensive guy. And he's kind of fights like he needs to fight like if he's fighting a bag. That's why like the Poirier fight was like so perfect for him because Poirier just stands right in front of you, so he could get his offense even though he's getting hit massively himself. He's like I'm able to get my stuff going, but a guy like Allen who has so many, you know, different. Uh, elements to his game, especially like the way he uses distance. Uh, you know his upper body like constantly shifts it. The you know the the feints he has like his you know he goes from like a punch and then he like feints a leg kick to get you off balance. But he dips back and then dips right back in. He's constantly changing ranges and he just uses all this right. And then at one point he's just like blitzing Hooker and he even gets caught at one point. He gets like dropped at one point, but just gets right back up and because Hooker's just so terrible defense, he just everything that. Uh, Allen's land, everything Allen throws is just landing cleanly in the fight. Hooker really has no chance. So I, if you're going to tell me, like, if anyone's washed, I, I think Hooker is washed. Yes, I, w- I would agree with that. But I think that Allen needed to look the way you're supposed to look when you're that level of fighter against someone who is washed. He looked that way. He looked dominant. He looked devastating. He looked ready for a title shot, if I'm going to be honest with you. And this is a guy that, you know, in the division that he's in is there's killers in that division i think that this is to me of the guys not named max holloway this is the most credible threat to the title of the guys not named max holloway this is the most credible threat to the title 
this man, it, there's very like subtle things he does in his game. If you really just saw it, right, and you, especially if you've seen this fight for the first time, you see him, he's just like blitzing. You're just like, yeah, he's just kind of out aggressing this guy. It's not. There's like so much subtleties that he does in this game. He's so well rounded. He's, um, you know, really like we think like MMA fighter. Maybe like years ago, they'd be like, what is the MMA fighter going to look like? You know, if we said it from like 2010, what is the one going to look like in 2022? You would have to picture something like Arnold Allen. Right, just comfortable in every facet of the game because he never looks uncomfortable in a fight. He just doesn't. He just doesn't look uncomfortable anywhere. And he showed some power and he showed uh, uh, the ability to finish. He showed the aggressiveness and he, he knew when he had a hooker, he wasn't going to let it linger. Now, being so versatile does lead to like maybe you using too many weapons. Like at one point, he shot for a takedown when he clearly had Hooker hurt on standing up. But it's just maybe because he has so many like options. Like his brain's just trying to, you know, figure out like so many options are shooting his head that he just sometimes probably just reacts and maybe not necessarily be the best decision. But also the fact that he can do all those things, it just keeps your opponent completely guessing like he, like you know what i mean like if he shoots at one time even though he doesn't get it right like hooker has to be thinking like oh damn he's like now he's able to kind of you know he's he is willing to go shoot for my legs and take me down so something else he has to think about i really like the way Arnold allen fought i think that you start adding up like the wins he has right and these guys and the run he's on and hopefully the ufc can get him in you know more than once this year right i think it'd be a real shame that he only fights one time this year I, I I think this guy, you know, has all the abilities. Like I said, he's, to me, in that weight division, he's, besides Max Holloway, he has the best chance of uh, dethroning Volk. Th- this guy's amazing. I want to continue to see him fighting, and I just think when you watch him, I, I, I think the real thing to watch out is just like the range, how he how he shifts his range, but not always with his legs, like his upper body. It's just little shifts his upper body. Get him the distance to punch or just get him out of a situation. Just look how defensively aware he is, too. He's very defensively aware. He's never really putting himself in complete danger. At times he did in this fight because I think he really thought he had, you know, Hooker done. And he gets hit with a big shot. But a lot of times he's very aware defensively. Dan Hooker is not aware defensively ever. He's never, he's always had that problem. That's why I've always kind of been negative towards him. Because you, you have to be, you know, when you get to high level guys, they're going to hit you. You can't let uh, really high level guys catch you, catch you clean. You just can't do that. Let's talk about Patty Pimlet. And Patty Pimlet has the makings of a big star, right? I just don't think he can fight to a level to keep him consistently at the top and, you know, competing for like titles in the UFC. I don't, I don't see that for him in his career. Um, he, um, he, He's, you know, like I said, he has a star making. There's something about him. He has an it factor. He's confident. He he fights super aggressively. He just gets hit. He has this the poor stand up, very bad, um, you know, mistakes he makes like keeping his chin up, fighting straight, wild exchanges, and he gets caught clean. Like every fight, he gets caught clean. He's been dropped a few times. It's only a matter of time for someone, especially like the UFC level, he keeps going up the rankings, just catches him clean, knocks him out cold. He's very good on the ground, like he's very creative on the ground, but I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't say that his like takedown ability is at the level of like, definitely not like a Khabib, right? He doesn't have like that grade A wrestling or Sambo to get like, get the fight where he wants it. He kind of has to, you know, he get, he lands a, a, a 
a very good hip toss in this fight, right? But it does take some grappling. It does take, you know, it takes time for him to get the position he wants. Instead of, like, just being able to force the position he wants, it's, it takes a lot of maneuvering. Sometimes he, he has to pull into his guard. And a guy like Vargas, who, you know, to me, I thought was at a huge disadvantage in the ground game. He still had, like, decent moments in the fight. You know what I mean? And I just don't see the Patty Pimlet having the skill. And I don't think anyone really does, honestly. I don't think anyone's being fooled, really, by this one. If this happens, like, think of, like, watching the UFC. Think of watching, uh, you know, maybe Bellator happens a little bit more. But I think it's really hard to judge, like, Bellator because sometimes they have, like, a lot lesser competition. But just think in the UFC, right, a guy that just really based on his game on just, like, submission and, right, and jiu-jitsu and doesn't have good stand-up and really poor defensively with stand-up and doesn't have, like, a, uh, a solid double leg or the greatest takedowns ever, right, techniques. When has that guy ever won a title recently, like, in the past 10 years? It just doesn't, it doesn't happen anymore. It's, like, almost, this guy's almost a fossil, like, the way he's fighting. Now, he's having success against these lower-level guys that they're bringing him up with. But he really has to get his game up to a different level with the stand-up. And he has to be more consistent with his takedowns. Like, he has to, he can't just take the beat and the look to catch something. And it's, you know, you got a guy that fought on the prelims and like uh, uh, Paul Craig, who, you know, similar kind of game. He's, you know, he's taking a beating to get in the position, but he's so strong. You know what I mean? Like, he's so strong and durable did it work for him so far? But you have to think I get to like a certain level. It's just that's just not gonna work. Like someone's just gonna shut down everything he's looking for, and, just, and he's just gonna take a beating. That's Patty Pimblet is not Paul Craig too, because he doesn't have like the strength advantage like that. He doesn't have those physical advantages to pull off. You know, even what Paul Craig is pulling off. I, no one is fooled by it this time. And usually, sometimes you know, you get to a point where like. Like when they had the the Gracie in the UFC, and a lot of times they get a Gracie, and they're like, "Oh, look, he's a Gracie, he's gonna win." And it's just like, no, I've I've seen that formula happen and fail so many times. Patty Pimblet have to increase his stand up by a l- large amounts, like take it to levels of large amounts from where it is now. And I I don't see that. I didn't see improvements from his last fight from what this was. Now, as far as the hip toss and all that, that you know, that's heading in the right direction, but. Uh, Kazula Vargas is, to me isn't a, the highest level fighter, and I don't, I just can't see long term success with Patty Pimblet. My stock is sound. I'm selling stock on him. This was a very good card, though. I did, you know, it was in, there was a talks, there was there was a talk, and a tweet like, uh, and things comes from Terrence Crawford saying that the crowds in England are just better, in Europe are better than the, the ones in the states, and this was, a, you know, more evidence of it, right? Like, just how lively this crowd was. Uh, the massive um, pops that, the, the you know, that these fights got. It does. It, it even it affects the, the when you're watching at home. Like, it, it does. It, it brings something different, different energy. And you could feel it when you watch these fights. This was a great event. I, I knew, you know, like I said, the UFC offered two back-to-back free cards that were amazing. And I knew when I saw this card, I was like, this is a stacked card. And the main event, the co-main event, I was like, damn, these are going to be some good competitive fights. Now, it wasn't exactly competitive, but they kind of give you like a definitive outcome and a, and a really solid outcome and one that gets you excited about like where these guys are going to go in the fo- uh, going in forward. Patty Pimblin, like I said, I think he ha- he could be, he's a star. I think that he has that it factor, but I just don't think he has the skill to continue it going, keep it going. 
to reach the levels of like a Conor McGregor, um, you know, Nate Diaz Mosfidel type situation. He, he, I just don't see that. Thank you guys for listening. Please, uh, uh, rate my podcast on Spotify and Apple. Give five stars, uh, hit the follow or subscribe, whatever it is. And thank you guys for listening. It's been the Ezra podcast.